Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Yes, I am sure that it's episode four. I am your host, Floyd Johnson, and with me today uh, as a special guest co-host is uh, Jeremy Donovan. How you doing today, Jeremy? I'm doing good, man. I'm feeling elite. <laughs> yes, I'm glad you are feeling elite. Uh, our other co-host, Jordan, who usually uh, steers the ship, he is uh, uh, he is not well this week. So I I told uh, I told Jeremy that uh, I was going to do the show myself. He's like, I'll jump on with you, and I was like, thank God, because that would probably be, in my opinion, like the most boring hour, hour and a half of podcasting ever. Because I was like, I don't have anybody to bounce anything off of. And we're like, Floyd, what do you think about this? Well, I think that's a really good idea, Floyd, because I just wrote it down. So yeah, so no, uh, yeah, we, man, I. I- I've, I've been chomping at the bits to talk about some all elite wrestling, so I'm, I'm glad. I mean, I'm, I'm sad Jordan is missing, but I'm also glad I had the opportunity to kind of jump on here. All right. And just to let everyone know, like I like to start, uh, we are recording on Friday night, February 15th. It's about 10:14 Eastern, so all news that I have is up to date as of that time. So if anything happens before the show comes out, I, that's why it's not covered. Um, All Things Elite is brought to you by Power Slam TV, where you can get the first month free by using promo code Social Suplex. I got to remember to get that in. You know, y'all, I listen to your show to learn how to do some uh, professional sounding radio. uh... (laughs) (laughs) I try, I try. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Because, you know, I do my own show around the ring, and it's just kind of like we get on and we just start talking. (laughs) <laughs> it's like there's nothing really professional about it all the all the, all the time but uh yeah so yeah um definitely thank you for that but we need to start where we need to start um i promise all i promise every week that we will get the winner out in the first five minutes still hope that you hang around for the rest of the show but our second so we got over 700 people eligible and again, how I did it is I put it in a randomizer, 
And I looked over to my fiance, who gives no craps about wrestling at all. And I said, pick a number, one through however many people were eligible. It was like 778 or something like that. And she picked a number, and that's the winner. Uh, this week, the number, uh, the person, the lucky person that my fiance picked is at Matt Socially. That's at Matt Socially, uh, S. O-C-I-A-L-L-Y. I'll contact Matt. Don't worry about that. And we'll get uh, we'll get his hoodie sent out to him. I just want to say to all the people that are listening, I really appreciate you liking, tweeting, following us. And I hope you continue to follow us. We will do more contests and more giveaways in the future. Uh, and, you know, these this is not comped or anything. It's just... Uh, I just want you to give the show a chance, give the social suplex a chance, and so we definitely want you to remember, subscribe, download, listen to all the great shows on the social suplex, but this show, All Things Elite, drops every Saturday morning. Did I do that right, Jeremy? Yeah, you did. It was great, man. Yeah, every <laughs> Saturday morning, you gotta have an elite day. Start your day off listening to All Things Elite. You know, Floyd and uh, Jordan do a great job of like he says, you know, they get all the news they can up until the point they record. Um, so this show, is, we're going to keep you informed here on this show, on this network. So tune in, uh, sit back, relax, whether you're working, driving, whatever you're doing. Uh, let's let's talk some All Things Elite. All right. Well, just to let you know, just the one stat, we had 52 followers just from opening the account. We ran this contest. We're almost at 800. So that thing blew up. I Again... I just want to reiterate that I appreciate everyone that like, followed, or retweeted. We did the best we could to keep everything even and keep it as fair as possible. Like I said, I asked the most detached person that I know to pick the number of the winner. <laughs> so <laughs> it was right down the middle. Uh, so definitely going to get that out to uh, get that out to him. So, oh, uh, so double big news of the week: double or nothing. Sells out in a combined thirty minutes. Uh, yeah, man. Between the uh, the pre-sale and then the uh, on-sale uh, ticket day. Yeah, the pre-sale uh, went on sale. Um, went on sale Monday, right? Because it, it was before you did your show, so it was like Monday, yeah. uh, Monday at eleven. And I was online trying to get tickets. And just a little story about that: I was in the little waiting room, right? And yeah. it got to eight minutes after the time. And I was like, this is not right. So I literally <laughs> went on through my phone. And there was this other option where Access was selling premium tickets. They were, it's akin to the Ticketmaster Platinum tickets, right? So yeah. uh, they had the Section 10 row in the ones I got. And they were $275 a ticket. So they were about $150 more than what the base price was, but they were called the premium tickets. So that's where I actually bought my tickets. I actually didn't even get through on the pre-sale. By the time... Yeah, it, I, yeah, I, heard, yeah I heard a couple of kind of nightmare stories about people like trying to get in that pre-sale. Like one of my buddies like messaged me. He's like, man, I, will, I got stuck in the waiting room and I got screwed over and didn't get tickets. Yeah, but at uh, the 25-minute mark, it finally got through, and it said I didn't, and it was like, no tickets, because I was trying to get three. Then I went down to one and said, no tickets, and then uh, my Twitter refreshed, and it said it was sold out, and I was like, well, I'm glad I did the, you know, I'm glad I, you know, 
went ahead and went through the premium section. I was like, there's a little more, but I'm in the building. I didn't have to buy a third party. And it's just like, yeah. uh, So they do that in 26 minutes. Two days later on Wednesday, around the same time, uh, they go to general sale. Uh, Dave Meltzer said there was only a few hundred more tickets. They had sold like 90% of the tickets. And they they sell out in four minutes. So Double or Nothing, as of now, is completely sold out. What do you think about that? Dude, it's incredible. You know, there's a lot of there was a lot of doubt coming from some fans, some people who don't like the elite, uh, from wrestling podcasters, journalists, broadcasters. A lot of people were questioning, can these guys do it again? Was all uh was all in just a, a fluke kind of a, you know, out of nowhere just kind of miracle thing that happened, but these guys kind of shut everybody up, and they sold out once again. And you know, all the um, the elite haters out there trying to you know find all the excuses in the world for why these guys sold out again. But I mean, the the product is hot. I mean, the, the fan the fan base for the elite are diehard. They are rabid. They want an alternative. They want something new, and that's what. All Elite Wrestling seems like it's going to provide, and the, the fans are just, they're, they're really starving for this thing. Yeah, and I, I truly believe that's one of the reasons you picked the show, because I am one of those rabid fans. And I'm taking, the people I'm taking to the show don't even go to wrestling shows. I've told them they are, they're Laps fans. There are people that uh, watched WWE back in the 90s, and I'm like, I know, I know you didn't watch wrestling before, but give this a chance. You know, give this a try. This is going to be different than what you're used to. This is a bigger spectacle. This is they they go out and give it all. You know, every week it's they don't use the same wrestling tropes as uh, other people use. I'm like, just give it a shot. And then as soon as I say Chris Jericho, the fr- uh, the friend of mine that lives in Vegas is like, I'm in. And he actually <laughs> said I'm all in, which I thought was hilarious because he never even heard of all in. <laughs> Dude, that, that, that's hilarious. <laughs> he's like i'm all in because he heard his chris jericho so when chris jericho cuts a promo saying basically he sold out <laughs> sold out the show there's a lot of truth to that you know he's the name people know yeah, yeah jericho he's definitely a big draw for um just wrestling fans in general and then like you mentioned uh you know lapsed fans fans that have grown up that maybe watched the monday night wars remember jericho from wcw or maybe they saw jericho you know the y2j on the early 2000s uh during the monday night war era you know their chris jericho is a very familiar name um and even if you kind of drop in and out for big pay-per-views jericho's a name over the last you know 10 20 years that's always been featured in a prominent spot so yeah i mean all Elite Wrestling, uh, signing up Jericho was a great move. He's going to definitely attract um, casual fans, laps fans. He's going to bring everybody in. I mean, I have a secret admission, and I don't turn off the show after you hear this. I have never been a Chris Jericho guy. Wow. Ever. And like, <laughs> like his, like his, uh, when they put him over the rock in Stone Cold and he was the undisputed champion, he has like his promos do something for me but his work never really did anything for me it's just like it doesn't connect with me i don't know why i have no problem with chris jericho again but it was what about what about the the second run where he had like the uh the ladder match with Shawn michaels and was kind of doing like the uh the suit wearing uh big word spouting jericho it was it was cool it was cool it was felt like he was you know 
the Miz was kind of, you know, in that area too. You know what I mean? It was just like, and I was a bigger Miz fan. I'm like, like I said, it's not like, but really the crazy Chris Jericho from New Japan, that's what sold me. That's what made me like, this dude's one of the greatest. Yeah, you know, yeah, Jericho's done a really great job of just c- continuing to reinvent himself throughout the years. You know, <laughs> once uh, Jericho announced that he was going to New Japan Report Wrestling, I was like, okay, that's that's interesting. I wonder, like, what like are we just gonna get normal? You know, like Y2J, Chris, WWE, Chris Jericho, but you know, you know, he created this alpha character, and even that character, he's evolved from the very first time he debuted that, and so. Yeah, man, this guy's just reinventing himself and just changing things up and uh, keeping people interested. Yeah, he is very much, I, I'm like, he's the Madonna of, of pro wrestling. Like, every yeah. time he comes back, he's something different. He's unique, and he does it really, really well. And it's like, even while I wasn't a fan, I would tell you Chris Jericho was great. You know what I mean? He's in any, he should yeah. be in people's top five or top ten list. It's like Hogan. It's like when people talk about the greatest wrestlers of all time, I'm like, Hogan has to be in the conversation. Have I ever enjoyed a Hulk Hogan match? No. <laughs> but he's in the conversation. <laughs> he, he's like, he drew more than anybody. So he has to be right. in the conversation. It's like Jericho might not might not have at, at the time been my cup of tea, but come on. his I mean, my friends 20 years later still talk about his debut. You know? Right. I mean... <laughs> If you look at his longevity from the time that he started in the business when he was wrestling in um well that Smoky Mountain um and Cornette's promotion and then you know stuff in Japan and then going to WCW, ECW, coming into WWF and just being in and out of WWE and now in New Japan all elite. This guy has been around for over twenty years and has been able to put out high quality work. He's been able to draw. He's proven that he can be in the main event. We've seen with New Japan that um, his match with Omega and the matches with Naito have boosted, um, you know, the subscriber number for New Japan World. Yeah, and didn't him and Evil sell out a building? Yeah, for the um, Power Struggle Tour yeah. in November. Yeah, and that, that's crazy because it's like, yeah, you know, you don't think Jericho versus Evil is going to put a lot of asses in seats, but it did, <laughs> you know? So that's pretty yeah, I mean. <laughs> Jericho's a draw, you know, Evil, I know it's not really New Japan, but just real quick, you know, Evil's just one of these guys that the company's been kind of slowly getting behind, and the fans in Japan love Evil, so that was kind of like a perfect little spotlight for him. But yeah, but uh, definitely Jericho, I would say, was you can give most of the credit to that, because everybody was just interested in what Jericho's doing, and this whole, you know, alpha, wild man, crazy, Terry Funk-like character has been, you know, grabbing people's attention. All right, uh, I just do. I do want to give a few stats from Cody on the tickets. There was tickets purchased from all fifty states domestically, plus Puerto Rico and Dominican. Is that what's DC? Um, what's DC? Oh, Washington DC. Duh. Washington. Yeah, duh. <laughs> nine nine <laughs> countries: Canada, UK, Mexico, Australia, Costa Rica, Finland, Germany, Panama, and Austria. First same day sellout for a pro wrestling event in Vegas ever. Uh, and he said they will, uh, after they do production, they will see if they can open up a few more seats. But when those seats open up, people will be going out of <laughs> going for them. So this leads the wholesale outness leads to something I wanted to talk about was uh, talks about complaints of scalping. Now, yeah, yeah. Go. For, what were you saying? 
No, go, go, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, yeah, uh, you know, we live in a, you know, our wrestling world is, honestly, it seems big, but it's kind of small. You see a lot of people talking. But this thing that has blown up wrestling Twitter, talks of scalping and complaints of scalping, I actually saw someone at Cody Rhodes directly and, like, cuss him out. I don't remember exactly what she, uh, they said. And they like, you said you were going to try to help with scalping, and you did nothing. And I was like, I mean, nothing could be further from the truth. What are, what are your thoughts sure. on this situation? So, I mean, every major sporting event, there are going to be a, a percentage of scalpers. I mean, there's no you know, really foolproof way to stop that. I mean, you can try with pre-sale codes and try to limit tickets, but at the end of the day, um, scalpers are going to find a way to get, uh, you know, get their hands on tickets and jack the prices up and sell them on the secondary market. Now, I know, like we, I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of anti-elite fans for whatever reason. Um, they, they just, they're just uh, totally upset at the fact that all elite wrestling has all this buzz and is getting all this attention. And they're trying to find any little excuse, anything they could poke at, at all elite wrestling. And now they're, they're trying to get with this whole scalping thing. And it's like, there, there's scalpers for WWE events. There, I'm sure there's, there's probably scalpers for New Japan events. There's scalpers for football games, basketball games, you know, concerts. I mean, that's just how it works. <laughs> Scalping became such a, a dedicated thing that in their own way, Ticketmaster even scalps their own tickets. The Ticketmaster <laughs> Platinum Ticket. Where it's, oh, you're in section 107 and you're row three. Well, this is an extra special seat, so we're going to charge you four times what the person four rows behind you is paying. Right. Ticketmaster is scalping their own tickets. <laughs> and, and no one says anything about that. But they're, but they're, yeah, I think <laughs> they're, they're bitching at Cody. I'm like, this is a new startup business doing their first show. Shit, I wouldn't care at all. Long as my tickets are sold and I'm getting paid. Now, exactly. 10 years down the line, and I know it's going to sell out, maybe I'll start getting a little a little more particular about that. But, I mean, like, only, only like, artists and people that know that they're going to sell out do this. Like, John Mayer, uh, my friend's a big fan of John Mayer. She went to Tulsa, and John Mayer was anti-scalping so what he did is you have to show the card you have to scan the card that you originally bought the tickets with to get in the building oh uh, that's a that's a good method that, that's a good method but john mayer knows he's gonna sell out right you know charlie charlie ross random our random all r&b singer from oklahoma city oklahoma doesn't care it <laughs> doesn't care if who buys the tickets as long as his building sells out? John Mayer was exactly. like, okay, he could be a little more judicious. And another name, I'm going to use this name, even though there's a lot of stigma behind it and people don't like him, but I'm using it for this specific situation. Louis C.K., he did a 22, in 2016, did a 22-city tour, right? And what he did is he sold the tickets direct from him charged the same price right and if he saw the tickets on any other outlet they got like had a scan into like on StubHub or anything like that it was even a dollar more 
than what he you bought the ticket for. He literally sent emailed the original seller, told them they were canceling the tickets, and then put the tickets back up for sale. Wow, that's a guy that hates scalping, but he also <laughs> knew yeah. he also knew he was going to sell out the tickets. I actually did a little research on this on what different people have done to prevent scalping. The one thing I did know is everyone that did it was established. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Once once you're an established act and you you know you have a, a diehard fan base that's going to, you know, buy a, sell your concert out or your event out as soon as you put the tickets out, you can you can build a team to kind of focus in on, on different methods to stop scalping. Now, all elite wrestling, yes, they have a, a you know a rabid fan base, but at the same time, there was some doubt of you know how fast will this show sell out, and you know they're a startup company. They don't they, you know they they're not really focused in on stopping scalping right now. They're trying to you know put together their roster. They're trying to put together dates, locations, and you know there's a lot of details that they're focusing on that um, you know scalpers are not on top of the priority for them. I'm sure. Yeah, and it's just. It's Vegas. It was Memorial Day weekend. One when they announced it, that was one of the things I popped. I pointed out to my friends that were talking about going. It's a very popular weekend to go to Vegas, so it was like it was going to be harder to get in. Like plane tickets are, even though you can get a little discount from them, they're still expensive. They're still twice as much as you would be paying at any other time of the year. So the plane tickets are expensive. You know, hotels, depending on where you stay, are expensive. They try to assist with the discounts there. It's just like they're trying to assist to keep the prices down. The tickets to this thing, as far as the tickets that you bought from them, were way below what they could have gotten. Yeah, and I remember the uh, ticket pricing for All In. I mean, I remember buying the tickets for that. I'm like, man, the prices are very, very reasonable compared to you know, a WWE pay-per-view or even sometimes maybe a WWE house show. Um, I think, you know, All Elite Wrestling, they're doing a great job of realizing that, uh, you know, fans might not have the, the biggest wallet and they're trying to make this as affordable as possible. Yeah, to be, I'm going to WrestleMania, to be in the 100th section of WrestleMania, and this is like after you get past the platinum seats, it was $430, and that was after fees or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's more than a first row seat. <laughs> that's more than a first row seat to double or nothing. And that's, I mean, that's me. You're on a football field. So you're thinking there's the floor section. Then there's the risers. Then there's the hundred section. That's like the third furthest, you know, third closest section from where you're going to see the ring. So this is not a yeah. really close seat. And you still paying three times. Or well, what? I guess it would be twice as much. And that was from Ticketmaster. That was no, that wasn't StubHub. That wasn't anything. That was from Ticketmaster. It was still twice as much as a double or nothing is charging for a first row seat. That's crazy. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. And they, like I said, they have a passionate, passionate fan base. They know their fan base would pay a little bit more. They know they will, but they don't take advantage of that. Like right, I'm, yeah, I think it's. But in the end, yeah. it's still a business. Exactly. Their goal is to make money. 
And, you know, and they're making up the rest of that uh, ticket sale money from T-shirts, I'm sure. Oh, definitely T-shirts. Like I said, the the um, the packages that they're running with Starcast, even though Starcast is separate from AEW, they have uh, they have run different packages. And I mean, they're making their money. Don't get me wrong. I'm like, but they're a business. That's the goal. Their goal. I mean, this is. I mean, when Tony Khan, when the billionaire puts his name. No, or, or you know, his dad was the billionaire, but they put their name on a product. This wasn't for this wasn't some social experiment. The goal is to make right. money. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah. Is not I, I've a, heard what I've heard uh, several um, interviews with Tony Khan, and you can just tell. I mean, he's been thinking about starting a wrestling company for a while now, and he waited until he had the right business opportunity and the right talent to do this thing. So yeah, he's he's in this to make money, and you can see he's. He runs and works for multiple companies, multiple successful companies. So this guy knows how to run a business. He he wants to be successful, and he's always driving to be the best in whatever he's doing. Yeah. After I listened to that thing with Chris Jericho, I mean, I of course am all about the company, and you know, we do a show on the, I do a show on the company, but it was like the confidence level I had that this is going to work went way up. I mean, oh, yeah. if he wasn't a worker, you know, I mean, he's not a worker. So, but he worked me. He, cause he got me like, okay, there's no way this can fail. He's crossed all his T's and dotted his I's. He, he knows what's going to happen. And that's, yeah. you know, that's, that's how he had me after that. Because it was just like, even when Jericho tried to take him a certain way, like, oh man, you're doing this cause you're a fan. He'd bring Jericho back. It's like, no. <laughs> I'm not doing this because I'm a fan. I'm doing this because right. this is a great business opportunity. You know, I want to put out a good product, but in in the end, he made it clear his goal was to make money. So exactly, yeah, that's what all all that's what all businesses should be want to be doing is making money. Yes. So I know a lot of people are just saying uh, Tony Tony Khan's just like a money mark. He's you know, just this the smart mark with money that just wants to have his own uh, wrestling federation, but. That's further from the truth. This guy, like you mentioned, he waited until the right time. He was paying attention to when certain talents' contracts were going to be up. He was surveying the market, seeing the buzz behind um, the elite and these Bullet Club guys, and seeing all the merchant hot topics. And he waited for the right time to, you know, start this business opportunity. Yeah, and he was like the TV rights deals. They're throwing basically they're throwing a lot of money at live sports. That yeah. I mean, in, in essence, to not try to over-explain that right now, TV TV channels are throwing lots of money at live sports because that's just what they're into right now. And mm-hmm. so to come out with this product, he's taking advantage of a boon right now, which is great. This is what you want. And it's just like, I mean, I, I like I said, it's smart. It's like I had a lot of the misconceptions that a lot of people had before. I was like, oh, he's he just he's just a guy with a lot of money that wanted a wrestling company. Believe me, I had that thought. That before I heard this, that was like, oh, that's cool. If I had a billion dollars, I would start a wrestling company too, you know? <laughs> yeah. But but no, he 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 came in and basically said, Floyd, you're wrong. <laughs> I actually <laughs> thought about this. This is something we can do. There is no one, basically no one other than the WWE putting out wrestling at the production level that the WWE does. So, 
there's room for competition or aka an alternative now and it's not competition believe me he he kept using the term alternative he never once said it right. was competition jericho said we're going to war and he's like no i don't think we're going to war you know right yeah <laughs> i think a lot of fans you know they, they we want we want to relive the monday night war era and as soon as another big promotion is coming up we immediately think that you know it's going to be direct competition at wwe there's going to be this big ratings war and blah blah blah, blah. but that's not exactly it i mean for, there is going to be some competition because now there's another uh, alternative in the market. We've already been seeing tons of reports and rumors of guys in other promotions um, being unhappy or asking for releases or wanting to leave because now there there is opportunity in the market to shop around and get the best deal you can. And it's not it's not just all elite wrestling. I mean, Ring of Honor is is out here outbidding um, for talent. So, you know, the boys have multiple promotions to go now, and so now they have the opportunity to be like, oh, well, if you're not using me correctly, if I'm not happy, I can see what, what's out there for me. I don't, I don't have to be stuck in the WWE if I don't want to be. Yeah, and, it, and you know, another point that he brought up is that they were looking for fresh talent, that they're not going to do uh, something that other companies done. I'm not trying to throw any companies under the bus, but Impact Wrestling, where every time someone left the WWE – they were immediately pushed to the top in Impact. Right. What What's Christian Cage doing in the Impact Zone? What, what's, what's What's Rhino doing in the Impact Zone? What is Aaron Rex, aka Damian Sandow, doing in the Impact Zone? <laughs> those yeah. Those are the ones that really hurt. It was like, and it, and it like, and I'm not saying like I love Damian Sandow. When I met him, he was very nice to me. I love Chavo Guerrero, but they were very mid to low level WWE people and then you have them come in Aaron Rex is like you're I think it was a grand champion Chavo Guerrero's competing with your world champion I don't care what you say it lowered the value of your title right no matter what Perception, perceptions reality and these guys came off of a product where like you mentioned they were mid to low card acts and now they're coming into your company and cleaning out your talent what does that say about your talent yeah these guys are not as not as good as low card mid card wwe guys so you're writing you're writing uh the narrative that the wwe wants out there you're writing that same narrative that's the narrative wwe's pushed our worst guys are better than their best guys and then you come in and put their worst guys not as far as talent or whatever, but what they have pushed, how they've been pushed at the other company, and you've pushed them like to the top of your company like immediately. There was no build. There was no, hey, you know, he he had to step away from the WWE. He's doing it his own way, and you slowly build them over a year. No, they come in, and they're fighting for your titles in like two weeks. Right. <laughs> and yeah. that's, that's what I don't want from AEW. I mean, right. that's now, what I don't... Now, now, obviously, if you get, like, a, like a Kurt Angle, like, they, like TNA did back in the day... Oh, yeah. That, that was, was a main eventer, WrestleMania main eventer, former WWE champion. Definitely, that's a guy that you're going to utilize in a main event position. And I'm one of those people... I thought they utilized Christian well. I've always was a oh. Christian guy. And I thought they utilized him well. But he was an intercontinental champion. Yeah, he was the Intercontinental Champion in the WWE, and it's like, okay, now he's like two-time uh, two-time TNA Champion. It's like, 
yeah, that doesn't really. <laughs> it's like uh, I don't know if I can, you know, I don't know if I can follow that. And it's like so, I that that was one of those things that concerned. He's like, we're not going to sign everybody, you know. If you're right. not fresh, you're not bringing something fresh, you know. We're, 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 I'm going to say no. He, he was talking about the OWE guys, and he he flat out said, he's like, have you seen these guys? He's like, I wouldn't have booked them if I hadn't seen them. Exactly, yeah. I feel like Vince McMahon pays a lot of people he doesn't has never seen. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you hear stories of talents, like, you know, trying to get one-on-one time with him, but he's so busy. It's, it's And with the size of the WWE roster now, it's, it's impossible for Vince to have a significant face-to-face time with the majority of the roster. Yeah, it's like, like if you put Keith Lee and Montez Ford next to each other, will he be able to tell you which one is which? Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because they're on the NXT. It's like, yeah, you know, Paul handles that. I don't know who those guys are. I don't know who those guys are until they feel for me need to know. And it's just like, and I just picked two random guys, but I feel like that could be anybody you know anybody there i don't think he could probably tell you the difference between uh only lorkin and danny birch he i'm pretty sure he can tell you which one is which right <laughs> like they're they're yeah that's birch and lorkin i don't know which one is birch and which one's lorkin but hey whatever uh but uh on to other things uh can you in kenny omega last time we talked it was after it was right after kenny omega signed but before i heard the kenny omega dave Meltzer interview i know you've heard that kenny omega dave Meltzer interview because you cover new japan and him leaving new japan's a big damn deal to your to your show so this is <laughs> yeah. actually a mutually beneficial section did he say anything in the interview that like surprised you so yeah i mean i i was very surprised when he mentioned you know new japan um kind of being like the third option for him pretty much the worst option he had uh, you know offers from wwe and all elite wrestling in new japan and new japan was the bottom of the barrel for him and you know kenny's a guy who's been in japan for you know over 10 years he uh, was living in japan and he speaks the language i mean the people there see him pretty much as uh, as a Japanese wrestler, um, and you, with his popularity, you could see that. And so it was very surprising that uh, New Japan was the the kind of like the last option for him. What surprised me is because I've you know I my New Japan career started uh, as far as me watching the show the night he fought Omega. I guess it was one at uh, at, at Wrestle Kingdom. And Cody debuted on that show, I believe, against Juice. Was yes. it, or no, mm-hmm. or, or was it Kota Bushi? It was Kota Bushi. Who was it? That was that was Cody's second Wrestle Kingdom. Okay, so first Wrestle Kingdom. So is it the first Wrestle Kingdom is when I started watching it, and Kenny mm-hmm. Omega was amazing, and it's something I never seen, and I've you know I've been like addicted to New Japan. I listen to your show regularly, like before before we knew who each other was. I was uh, I was listening to your show, you know, because I was trying to educate myself on New Japan wrestling because I had never watched it regularly. So that being said, it was like, but it, it was so much better than what I had seen before. Like, it literally kind of it came became my one A promotion, 
You know, I needed mm. to watch New Japan, New Japan wrestling every, you know, when it was on. I really loved it. It was like they told stories with their bodies. You know, they're very realistic, very sports style. I mean, this is me putting over New Japan, which doesn't really need to be put over to amazing product. But that being said, when he said that he often made lemons, lemonade out of lemons, like they gave him crap storylines and he made them into something that shocked the hell out of me. Yeah, and I, I'm very curious to see like what in particular he was talking about. Uh, for me, I, I'm guessing maybe um, when he was the cleaner um, and he was like the the junior heavyweight in Bullet Club, and he would like come out with the, with the broom and do the whole like sweeping thing. Uh, maybe the, the whole junior run, maybe because I mean, as a heavyweight, I I feel like he was you know he's facing Okada and Naito and Ishii and Ibushi and all these top guys and were in pretty in pretty good storylines. So I'm, I'm curious to see like what exactly he was talking about. Yeah, I would like him to elaborate that because since I started watching, he was a top four guy. He was in the main right. event or the semi-main event every night. You know, even when he was doing like four-on-four matches, it was close to the end of the show. And he was booked and like never, like very rarely lost. So I was like, what is, you know, like I said, this is me coming in late. Like, what the hell did he mean? You know what I mean? It's very <laughs> yeah. confusing because, you know, and it, it was weird because when he was talking about it, he was saying, well, I could have went to WWE and not fought at all. Or I could have went to New Japan and basically had to come up with everything. Or he felt like he was saying All Elite was kind of the best of both worlds. And that yeah. the fact that he got to wrestle with his friends. And I don't know if he's just, you know, he's an executive vice president. So he very much could just be putting over all elite wrestling, you know, just trying to make make everyone think it's the place to be. But it's just like WWE was second. Ah, oh, that didn't sit right with me. <laughs> 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 yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. He was like, you know, I thought it might be pretty good to just go and shut my brain off and just have them tell me what to do and what to say. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, definitely surprised with New Japan being the third option and kind of stuff he was saying. And also, I thought it was very interesting. You know, he brought up uh, Kota Ibushi, and he says he you know still wants to tag with him. And he was saying, you know, expect to see Kota Ibushi in All Elite Wrestling soon. He's like, not double or nothing, but in the near future. But then it came out after that interview that Kota Ibushi has signed a multi-year deal of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So now I'm wondering, are these two going to kind of be the bargaining chips for for both of these companies working together? Is, is AEW going to let them get Kenny if they can get Kota? Yeah, that's why I was like, this is another piece of news. I was going to actually, you know... That it's been mutually beneficial because I thought we were getting Coda. I thought AEW was getting Coda. Man, man, I I like wrote him down on the roster list. He was like in gray. <laughs> he was in gray because it hadn't been official. But you know, I pretty much wrote Coda down. I was like, if Kenny's coming, Coda's coming. And then right. I'm listening. To him, then I watch the show. And I listen to your show, and then Dave Meltzer announces that two year deal. Coda doesn't sign with anyone. <laughs> Yeah, this was a real big deal because I know a, a lot of people might not realize this, but Kota Ibushi has been a freelancer. Um, he has never been under New Japan contract, has never been under contract with anybody, and that's why he was allowed to work in the Cruiserweight Classic 
uh, while he was still wrestling in Japan because he wasn't tied down to anybody. And so him signing a contract is a huge deal because, I mean, that's been like the one thing that everybody says has held him back in New Japan was not having a full-time contract where they can, you know, put their put everything fully behind him. Well, now he has that. Yeah, I mean, WWE basically bet on him. they like, we're going to put you in this. From what I understand, every rumor I've ever heard, he was going to win. Because they were sure they were going to be able to talk him into a deal before the Cruiserweight Classic was actually over. He turned right, him down, yeah. flat out. Him and ZSJ. Nope. No clue. You know, I don't. I don't want to be. I don't want to be. And it's like, wow, you you turned down the WWE. Pretty much wanted to build their division around you. The 205 Live division was going to be built around Kota Ibushi. They said no. And it's just like, okay, well, if he's not signing with WWE, he hasn't signed with New Japan at the time, he's not signing with anybody ever. So right. you want to talk about when people say, because I, I heard Voices of Wrestling, he's like, well, New Japan has done nothing, kind of fell back. Keeping, getting Kota Ibushi to sign a contract is, it'll like, it, it's the nuclear bomb of wrestling. He's such yeah. an amazing talent. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, now the the doors are wide open for what they could do with him, and I, I expect him to have, you know, another phenomenal year, and I expect him to be kind of pushed in the uh, main event throughout the year. But you know, par- part of me is there's a part of me that kind of understands like Coda not going to AEW because I've always heard stories of how he hates traveling, um, and just likes he he likes you know living in Japan. And anytime he comes here, he always gets lost. <laughs> so it's I can understand him not kind of hesitant to sign an AEW contract. The piece of information that made it even for me and cleared up everything was when uh, I believe uh, Kenny said that he has a wrestling school in Japan. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. You know, yeah, because he's going to need to be in Japan most of the time. And a big thing with uh, Kenny is that he seemed like he was mostly he wants to mostly focus on being in the Golden Lovers. He feels like there's stories still on the table with them as a tag team more than to me, more than he was seen focusing on his single career. Did you get that same idea? Yeah, I did. I mean, yeah, and you know the Golden Lovers when they reunited, a lot of people were hoping for a you know a tag title run or something, or for them to be in the World Tag League. But they only really had like special highlight matches like against the Young Bucks and a few other teams. Um, so it definitely feels like Omega feels like there's definitely money making potential with uh, you know a run with the Golden Lovers. So it'll be interesting to see if you know AEW and New Japan can work things out and. We can get um, Kenny on some New Japan shows, and we can get Kota on some All Elite shows. Yeah, and and I don't think there's any reason why they. I mean, of course, why they shouldn't work together. I think it would be mutually beneficial. You know. Yeah. Because I, I I have this strong feeling that All Elite's presentation is going to be different from New Japan's. Oh and, yeah, definitely. And, and like me, I love you know me you. All of us, we just love professional wrestling. So, in our eyes, there can never be enough good professional wrestling, can there? Oh no! <laughs> it's like it's like oh, Give me all good wrestling you, you can. Yeah, so, so, so it's like it just feels like we get we're in a system right now where people feel like you have to pick one company or the other, and I'm like, well, I mean, my my TV turns channels, so 
Yeah. I can, I can watch WWE, and when it goes off at 10, and I'll be like, oh, well, I'm in America, so New Japan's about to start at like 1 a.m. Why do I have <laughs> yeah. to... Why do I have to say, oh, I don't have to pick them? When, when is the last time a New Japan show and a WWE show was on at the same time? Never. <laughs> it doesn't happen. So why do you have to yeah. pick? Right. <laughs> it's like, you, no. Yeah. It's like, why do you... I, 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 I watch everything. <laughs> yeah, so to say, I feel like it's going to be the same way with AEW. You know, they're not going to start... AEW's not going to start running shows on January 4th. They're not going to start, you know, running shows on, you know, on WrestleMania Sunday. You know what I mean? They're not, not right. going to do that. They're, they're putting their flags, trying to plant their flag on Memorial Day weekend. And it looks like, based on the schedule that came out that we can talk about now, they look like they're, they're doing that on Memorial Day weekend and Labor Day weekend. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so there was a rumored AEW schedule that was floating around the internet. Did you see it? Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this perfectly leads into it. So May 25th is Double Nothing already sold out. Uh, we also got a June show. It's unspecified show to believe to, believe, uh, to be in the U.S. Hey, hmm. Can you get more vague? <laughs> All right. It's, <laughs> like, it's going to be in a state. <laughs> it's going to be a show. There's going to be a show. That's all I can tell you. I don't really know going where. To be a show. There's going to be a show in a building in a state that has a city. <laughs> yes. I'm like, okay. So I don't know about that one. I can't really, we can't speak to that one because we don't know what the hell that's going to be. The July show is supposed to be the show in Jacksonville. Actually, Tony Khan gave it a name and I didn't write it down. Uh, Fight for the Fallen. Uh, thank you, thank you. I, I, you know, I even have it at, on my notes. It's unnamed show, and I meant to update it, and I did, didn't. So, Fight for the Fallen. That's going to be in Jacksonville. Portions of proceeds going to anti-gun uh, crime charities. So that's good. And, and I'll be doing everything I can to go to that show. I'm in uh, Tampa, Florida, so Jacksonville's a few hours away. So definitely planning on going to that one. The so one of my friends. Uh, kind of inside source almost kind of gave me the idea that it's going to be on the same weekend that I'm getting married so I, oh. I, I will not be there <laughs> needless <laughs> to say I am I'm getting married in the middle of July uh, and it's, it's funny because for our honeymoon we're going to Destin and I'm like I really uh, come on you know it's me so I did Google how far Destin was from Jacksonville. I, and believe me, I was I was hoping it was less time than it was, you know. Because <laughs> it's like six hours away because it's like deep panhandle. But I was I was hoping it was only two or three hours away because believe me, there was going to be some negotiation with the fiance. I'm just saying. I'm like, we're already here. <laughs> you know, why not? A little, a little detour in the honeymoon. I'm like, dude, I will buy you anything you want. <laughs> just let me go. <laughs> then August of 2019 show I will definitely not be at. Uh, it's looking at the Royal Albert Hall in London, England. Uh, the cons definitely have they have a they have uh, a UF. I mean, excuse me, a football club in England. So they definitely want to have strong ties there. WWE. It's kind of going to be cool because WWE has run the Royal Albert Hall, so it'll be like to see how AEW does it versus how like the NXT shows have done it that would be that's going to be pretty cool i think to my boys in the UK they're going to 
pack that. I, I think that's going to be another quick sellout. Yeah, and I, I love the uh, Royal Albert Hall venue. I, I look so, this looks so awesome on uh, NXT UK. I think it's a great venue for wrestling. So definitely excited that um, AEW will be using that. Yeah, and it definitely doesn't look like you know there's a bad seat in the house, which is awesome. Yeah. In September, uh, Labor Day weekend, uh, we're gonna, looks like we're going to get the sequel to All In called All Out. It, this is going to be the you know the last what pay per view prior to the TV tapings beginning. Uh, they said uh, from what I'm seeing, it's not confirmed, but it looks like it might be the Sears Center. It might. I mean, Sears Center might not be big enough for how they're moving tickets. Yeah. Because, I mean, all all in, I mean, that sold out quickly. And both of us, we were there live for all in. And we saw how packed that place was and the, the energy and the atmosphere. So, yeah, they're probably going to want to find out something bigger. I mean, it could still, still be in the Chicago area. But I know there are bigger bigger arenas that, um, that they could potentially run. Yeah, because there's the Allstate Arena and the United Center, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and I don't think so, yeah, w, WWE doesn't run the United Center a lot. It's mostly in the Allstate, right? Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe United Center. I don't know. I think it will be another one that sells out because, again, it, it's not a short drive, but hey, Chicago's a drive away from me. I'm going. You know, I'm going to be yeah. there at that one. And uh, the last October 2019 weekly TV starts. So again. The rumors, I've heard TNT, TBS, have you heard any other channels? No, those are kind of the same ones I've been hearing. Um, you know, I, I listened to uh, Tony Khan on Wrestling Observer Radio, I believe that was sometime last week, and, you know, they kept asking him questions about, like, TV deal, and he was like, you know, I can't give anything away yet, I don't want to spoil anything. So to me, it almost sounded like, you know, it, the, the TV deal is pretty much done, but he just didn't want to say anything about it. He's trying to keep it close to the vest. So, uh, yeah, I'm very curious to see where they end up. Yeah, that is my feeling. I, my feeling is they're kind of in negotiations, but they pretty much know uh, what channel it's going to be on, and they they know what day it's going to be on. I think they know a lot more than they're telling us, which is fine, because for me, it's like I love, like, in this world of uh, news 24-7 news cycle 112 different wrestling rumor sites it's kind of cool when someone doesn't know something yeah it's, you can tell you can tell from the con interview that he, you know he just kept laughing every time they asked him questions he couldn't answer and i was like man he has so many plans that we don't know about yeah and it's like they, they're holding it close to the vest and it's it's amazing it's fun it's like it, it leaves you guessing so this whole this whole yeah th- this whole schedule is like it's awesome i know there's going to be someone that goes to all of this i i mean i can't I, uh, like with this short of notice i can't make it out of the country so i don't yeah, yeah. that's not even a ask <laughs> That's a no. <laughs> that's not that. That's a no. That's a hard no from the fiance on that one. <laughs> so like, that's a hard no, no, no. But yeah, so a lot of my friends and you know my, the friends and members of the club are based in the UK. So I'm hoping they can make it there. Uh, so that yeah, be, you know, and we have we have a couple shows here on the network based in the UK. You know, Ricky and Clive are in Scotland, and we have Omega Luke who's in London. So I hope those guys um, will be able to get a chance to go to these shows. Yeah, definitely. Uh, 
Yeah, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to as much more information as that we can get on that. And so, we're, we're as we get information, we will release it on here. Um, and it's a weird segue, but it looks like I'm, I'm, we were close to having our first loss from uh, All Elite Wrestling before the uh, before we even got to the first show uh, last week uh, at an AAW show, uh, Ray Phoenix got injured and it looked like he injured his neck. Uh, I am happy to report. He, he did not wrestle the next night. Actually, Pentagon tagged with Sammy Callahan to take on LAX the next night. But um, I am happy to report he was treated, released from the hospital with a muscle contusion. And that's a muscle in your neck. And so, they, I mean, that can't, you know, that can't be good. But uh, he'll be back to 100% after some rest. I just thought everyone should know that in case you hear any more information about Ray Phoenix. He got hurt and he looks like he's okay. He took the weekend off at least. Yeah, that Phoenix news was scary because you know that they did the whole the big angle at the ticket party with the Lucha Brothers attacking the Young Bucks, and uh, that's potentially going to be the main event for Double or Nothing, and that's that's a big match. I mean, it's been a, I believe it's been at least one or two years since the Bucks and the Lucha Brothers have had a straight up tag match. Um, so I mean, this was, this was a big anticipated rematch, and so. You know, when we heard Phoenix was hurt, I was like, oh, crap, you know, I, I hope, you know, it's nothing too serious. You know, WrestleMania weekend's coming up, and he's on a bunch of shows that weekend, and then you got Double or Nothing with this big Young Bucks match. So I'm glad to hear that, you know, it it, it wasn't too serious, and it's something where he can just take a couple nights off, a couple weeks off, and that um, he'll be good to go uh, for Mania weekend and Double or Nothing. I saw the link on Twitter, and I, like, and I... I, I don't want to sound dramatic at all, I, but my I immediately held my breath because it was just like this is such a big focal point of Double or Nothing as far as that match, tag team wrestling being put on the same level as singles wrestling. You have the Young Bucks, one of the best tag teams in the world. You have the Lucha Brothers, one of the best tag teams in the world. Like you know, me is like for me or as a wrestling fan, you put that on at anywhere in the country, I'm figuring out a way to be there. You know, yeah, that's that's how big that tag match was. And to think for a moment, it felt like we might lose it because, you know, they were saying neck. And anytime they say neck, that's that's scary. You know, they say neck injury. That's scary. Yeah, we've seen a lot of neck injuries in wrestling over the years. And so, yeah, you you hear neck, you you get word. Is, is it broken? Is he, is he going to be paralyzed? Is it going to be nerve damage? Um, so yeah, I mean, a muscle contusion is probably the best thing that it could have been. Yeah, because it was like I excelled, excelled, and I was like, okay, okay, take time off. Which I know is weird for him because Phoenix and Pentagon wrestle like feel like every day. You know, they're yeah, on those someone's guys, show or whatever. Yeah, those guys are literally all over the place every weekend they're at they have they're a part of impact they're a part of mlw they wrestle in aaw house of glory i mean they're literally they do international stuff they're in cmll and AAA. I mean these guys are literally everywhere i'm surprised they're not they don't get hurt more often especially the style that they wrestle yeah i figured i figured they didn't sign with the wwe because that would have been too light of a schedule for them <laughs> <laughs> Good lord, it's just, 
<laughs> only 300 dates? Yeah, yeah I was like, like dude, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? <laughs> you know? I was like, yeah. one. In, I think it was like doing WrestleMania week, and they wrestled like two or three shows in a day. It was like, yeah, yeah good lord, man. They, they work. They work. No one can call them lazy. <laughs> no one can call them lazy. They uh, work on a level that uh, not a lot of people can compete with. Um, before we go over these week's shows, there was a big piece of news that dropped. I'm not going to go, or I am going to take an episode when we have less news, and I'm going to go through everyone that's uh, at StarCast. But for this week, we're just going to get the big names, or uh, at StarCast, uh, the big names, the biggest name being The Undertaker. Good Lord, did that break the internet? You feel like the wrestling internet, excuse me. Yes, yeah, the rest wrestling Twitter uh, melted with the with Undertaker showing up at Starcast. You know, the news that came out earlier that you know Undertaker was going to start doing um, outside bookings. You know, he removed like any WWE mentions from his Twitter profile, Instagram profile, and you know there was reports that he's going to start taking all these you know uh, convention bookings, like you know all legends do. Um, and then out of nowhere, announced for Starcast Two, Undertaker meet our Mark Calloway. Uh, yeah, it's it's just crazy to think about Undertaker being involved being involved in Starcast. <laughs> yeah, because I I know a lot of people like Starcast and Double or Nothing are two different things. I get it, I get it. They're two different things. Conrad on Starcast, you know. Uh, the cons on AEW, but when you can buy ticket packages that have tickets to both shows in them, VIP ticket packages, where you can sit in the first row, and then you get two platinum bracelets, and you got to buy two at a time, Uh, that seems like more than a casual relationship, you know what I mean? Right. We've seen Conrad on, on screen on both um, AEW um, press conferences, so you know there's a good working relationship there. Yeah, but and it's yes. What? What were you saying? But, but, I was thinking, yeah, you know, there are two different things, but you know, the Undertaker, like the the one of the biggest faces of WWE, is showing up at an event that is an association with potentially its next biggest competition. Yeah, it's like there's, it's it's not a leap. It's not a leap. I've I, you know I, I you know I've seen that it's not a leap. It's not a leap. You know it's it's actually a very short line to how those two things connect. And it's just like no, I understand. It's a convention. It's completely separate. Undertaker's working convention. But I can see how someone that is not a super educated wrestling fan, oh, he's going to AEW. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I can, yeah. I, can, I, can I, I can see it. You know. It, it, is yeah, it, I mean, is it right? No, <laughs> but no. it's not that big a leap in logic. Right. <laughs> I mean, at, at the end of the day, Undertaker just cares about making money, and I know he has a high asking price. I believe he's getting like he asked for like sixty thousand dollars for like three hours or something yeah, like that. Twenty five thousand an hour is what I saw. That's what yeah, I guess. So he's you know he he realizes his in ring days are done. And he still wants to, uh, you know, get some more money in the, uh, the bank account. So he's, you know, hopping on the the uh, comp the uh, convention uh, trail, 
And yeah, man, he's getting he's cashing out. He's getting a payday. So I, I doubt Undertaker really cares about that it's Starcast or All Elite Wrestling. All he cares about, you know, he's getting paid and it's going to look good for him. Yeah, he's doing a signing in Houston next month, which doesn't seem like it's WWE related. It might have still been booked through WWE. I don't know how that kind of stuff works. And it's 125 for an autograph, 125 for a photo op. And I was doing that, and I was like, well, if he's doing two hours i was trying to do the math of how many that they would have to sign it's like so he does two hours they would need to have 200 people pay for both just to pay him jeez (laughs) (laughs) just to pay him (laughs) that's that's them not getting a dime that's just paying his number and then you know they would get whatever's after that and they would have to move people through that line quickly you know, but he's gonna get it, especially now. He had not he he was smart. He didn't do a lot of signings, didn't do a lot of appearances over the last few years. He'd show up at a Comic Con here or something there. So getting his autograph still means something. I don't I mean if he does this for two or three years, you know, he's not gonna be able to ask for twenty five thousand dollars an hour in two thousand twenty two because the people, hardcore people that wanted to meet him would have met, met him by now, and that number's going to come down. Every number eventually comes down, or he just won't do it, one or the other. But it's just, he's striking while the iron's hot. I just I think it's genius for him. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely a great uh, business move for him. But, you know, it, it's still kind of weird just seeing the, the Undertaker, like, tweet out of character and showing up in all these places, you know. I'm, I'm just so used to him being so protective of that gimmick and not doing interviews and appearances, and now he's all over the place and he's tweeting, and it's just kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, just imagine this, if him and Mick Foley do like a hell in a cell retrospective, how much would that sell in every city that yeah. they go to? Because that's all yeah, everyone that, ever wants to th- talk about, right? <laughs> yeah, that would be a big draw. And also, you know, I've been here. I've been seeing a lot of fans joking about, you know, him potentially starting his own podcast where he talks about his whole career. And that, yeah, just the thought of that's just just weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, honestly, I've liked that that he doesn't break character that much. I actually like that. It, it, yeah, it, I, it, I like it. It takes me back to ten-year-old Floyd, who was terrified of that man. Terrified. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I had dreams that the Undertaker was coming to take my soul, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah when, when I was young, yeah, I was terrified of the Undertaker. And I like I've met him and I've gotten the autographs and all that stuff and he was super nice, which was weird, you know. <laughs> it was so yeah. so weird. It it yeah. was he was in this one picture and he smiled and I literally said, "Hey, no, that's not right. You're not supposed to smile. And he didn't, <laughs> he didn't smile on any more of the pictures. I'm like, no, you're the taker. The taker doesn't smile. <laughs> no, no. Right. <laughs> no, but uh, oh, no, that was yeah. a big coup for Conrad. I huge coup. Uh, I mean, he's got he's got my favorite group of the horsemen coming in, 
And, you know, I thought I couldn't get more excited than that. It's going to be Flair Wyndham and uh, Flair Wyndham Anderson and Blanchard. And, of course, J.J. Dillon's going to be with them. That's my favorite four horsemen. So I had a picture with a horseman last year. And some, uh, some of you, if you happen to listen to any of the shows, you will know my favorite wrestler of all time, Arn Anderson. And I never got to meet him. So last year at StarCast, I got to meet him. And I was like, dude, this is great. I just wish Flair was here. And, you know, this year Flair and Wyndham are there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Conrad did a great job. I mean, I'm looking at the list of the stars that you have here, and yeah, it's a, a lot of top talent that he's bringing in here. And so, man, dude, I go ahead. And I was just saying, I was updating the doc like every five minutes. <laughs> 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 like, and I still, I don't, I don't think I got every name. I think I'm missing Steamboat off the list. Yeah, man, it's crazy, and dude, I I, I want to be uh, Conrad Thompson when I grow up. This guy is uh, married to a Hall of Famer's daughter. Um, he hosts some of the most popular wrestling podcasts, and he's running his own wrestling convention with the top stars from the '80s and '90s. Like that—that's my dream. Like I I want to be Conrad. <laughs> yeah, oh, dude, Conrad, Conrad is the best salesman and you know i don't know if he's the best salesman in wrestling but he's close <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i mean he has made himself a deal a big deal i mean i you know top rated podcast starcast just blow i mean blowing anything access can do out of the water i mean and, and like i don't i definitely you know me i've told you i'm not into the comparing AEW and wwe i think they're two different two you know they can line up against each other and it's fine but they're not competing i don't consider them competition i consider them more of an alternative brand like mcdonald's and burger king or whatever or chick-fil-a exactly so yeah but i mean he's he's kicking access's ass (laughs) yeah i'm like seriously i'm like access tickets go on sale last week and then it's like well you know, two hundred dollars to meet Ronda Rousey or whatever, and then you know, you know, that's what you pay. You know, it is what it is. I will never complain because I don't have to pay it. You know, <laughs> so <laughs> like I don't have to go. You know, and right, then it's yeah. like you get three hundred dollars, like three hundred bucks, a hundred more than that. You can go to all these events, and I'm not gonna sound like an infomercial again. We're gonna have episodes where we go over the stuff you can do, but just throwing it out there, they have. Rick Flair and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat talking about their three their their series of matches. I believe you could run that on a WrestleMania weekend in its own building and charge a hundred dollars a ticket. Oh yeah, definitely. The, people people would love to pay for that. Jerry, Jerry the King Lawler and Jim Ross do shows all the time where they charge a hundred dollars a ticket and they sell out. For yeah. three hundred dollars, you can go to both of these shows. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's yeah. it's a good deal. Like I said, I don't. I'm not trying to shill or sell for Starcast. I'm just saying, look at what these things individually would cost, and look at how much you have to pay. Yeah, it, it almost falls in line with like, like the uh, the ticket pricing with the AEW event. Um, you know, they're making they're trying to make Starcast affordable as possible and kind of giving you uh, the most bang for your buck. Yeah, definitely. Thanks. Uh, yeah, great fun right there, bang for your buck. <laughs> no, uh, no, uh, but yeah, it's 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 amazing. Like the first night you're there, you get, uh, you know, the, the intimate thing with Cody and the Bucks. The first night you're there, 
and then you get those other things and it's like supposedly going to be like 24 events like i don't like i said i don't feel like this needs to sell i feel like if you like wrestling and you go look at starcast and you're like man i don't get enough for my 300 bucks i think you have you i don't think you understand what value is like like when i first saw and i was like well I'm paying 300 bucks, and really what I'm paying for is the chance to pay more money to meet everybody before everybody else does. Then he starts rolling out his crap. It actually is blowing his own thing like last year's StarCast out of the water, and that was probably one of the best weekends I've ever had as far as at a wrestling event. So it's like, and it's like, he's already kicking its ass, so doing a really good job. Uh, he, he says the only reason he's done this, I, he did it, I interview and he said the only reason he could do this was because of Cody, Cody's belief in him. And it was just like in, you know, someone said on Twitter, they tagged Cody and they was like, well, thanks for getting the taker. And he said, that's all Conrad. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> they both giving each other all the credit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, it, I just thought that was super cool. Uh, there's, there's a couple notes I want to end on, but I'm going to just kind of quickly go through our shows this week. We got, uh, being the elite and, uh, the, we had the road to double or nothing, uh, episode three, which is going to lead me to something I teased on Twitter uh, earlier this week. I think I know, but, uh, so, uh, BTE, this was the February 10th. Uh, edition of it because it came out on Sunday. They came out on late Sunday because there was a special reason for this uh, at the end of the show. But uh, you watched the episode with me. Like I said, I'm just gonna kind of quick. What what would you say was your favorite part of the episode? Did you have any laugh out loud moments? Dude, uh, the opening scene was hilarious to me when you had the uh, the Super Bowl, um, the off-screen guys, uh, I forget their names, but they're like yelling at Nick Jackson to take off his Jaguar oh shirt because the Jaguars are not playing. It's a whole kind of playoff, you know, all the reports of uh, AEW shirts being made to take off at WWE events. And, you know, Nick's like, you know, this is, this is my only shirt. I don't have another shirt. Like, take it off. Turn it inside out. And it's like giving him a hard time, like, about getting the shirt off, yeah, I, I was like dying laughing. Because I remember when they first happened, that was the comparison. It was like, well, I, I went to a Thunder and Lakers game and I was wearing uh, a Maverick shirt or something. It was like they don't kick you out of the game for that. And it's like, yeah, WWE, I I don't. It's like they don't know, and I don't like. I said I don't think Vince directly would have had that changed. I think this was yeah. someone else because Vince knows. Vince has been in wrestling smart enough to know when you tell fans they can't do something, they want to do it more. So the moment exactly. you turn, you said turn that shirt inside out or take that shirt off, you just put AEW over. Right now, more and more and more fans are going to want to do that. Yeah, you have just made them an outlaw. You just made them banned. You made them. You made them everything that you you know you know you don't do to a teenager. As soon as you make something where they can't do it, all they're gonna want to do. That's how kind of how wrestling fans are, because we're all <laughs> yeah. kind of those our teenage when we're watching wrestling, we're our best teenage selves. So it's like, yeah. So it's like okay. When I saw that happening, I mean, like seriously, I went to pro wrestling tees and had an AEW shirt in the cart, and I was like, you know what? Hold on, hold on. 
<laughs> you had a plan, Floyd. You have a budget to stick to. So I didn't do it. But, like, just general, that was my reaction. You told me I can't do something. When I go to WrestleMania, I'm going to nothing but AEW. That's what I was like. <laughs> That's how I was in my head. <laughs> going the hat, the hoodie, yeah. the shirt. <laughs> like, it's warm outside, and I still have on the hoodie. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care, because you told me I couldn't. <laughs> So, yeah, I was like, you know, I don't think, like I said, when people like Vince did this, I was like, I guarantee you Vince didn't even know that was going on. Because Vince knows. He's smart enough to know that. He's He's been around long enough. If you tell him, he knows fans are. If you tell them to cheer, they boo. If you tell them to boo, they cheer. We're assholes at times. <laughs> <laughs> so, he knows better. No, then, yeah. uh, so Nick and Matt head to Atlanta to scout tag teams. A lot of people believe that you know this was they 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 were going to talk TV too, but uh, uh, they were in Atlanta and they were in the front of a a store called Goldberg's. Yes, I noticed that because because I, I saw I saw them talking in front of like a store. I didn't really pay attention, but then after like they were leaving, like the camera like panned over to the sign that said Goldberg's, and like I rewinded and I, I screenshotted it. I was like. That says Goldberg, yeah. and I sent it into one of my group threads. I was like, "They're they're teasing a Goldberg signing." Oh, they are absolutely teasing it, and you know, and I just thought I, just, I laughed, I laughed because I saw it, and I watched the show, and I know this is gonna seem obsessive. I watch it three times a week because I I know almost every time that I watch it the first time, it's like they post it online, and I watch it, and generally I'm doing something else. So they have generally a few subtle references in the show, so I don't want to miss it. So I watch it again. So I watch it again like Tuesday or Wednesday. And then I generally try to watch it right before we do the show now. Because like the first week I did the show, I couldn't remember anything from the, sh- from the show that I watched early in the week. So I like to watch it right after I, right before I do the show so I can you know speak freshly on it so I generally watch the show three times a week all the way through which is of course weird but um yeah so I was like oh I didn't catch it until the, I didn't catch Goldberg until the second time mm. so it was yeah, my, I, yeah, I, yeah I watched it the first time and then I watched it again because um, I, I knew I was coming on this show so I wanted to like you said be fresh on it so yeah I watched it two times this week but yeah, I saw that Goldberg thing, and I was like, "Hmm." Yes, yes. I was like, "Yeah." It's like, "Yeah," and it's like, I, you know, I kind of, you know, that'd be kind of awesome if it was him, uh, you know, if he definitely shows up. Uh, then Kaz tries the Kaz and Cody are smoking a cigar. He tries to get through his Snickers story again, and then Christopher Daniels come up. He has a mouthpiece to cover his chipped tooth because he, he, they never have clean pictures of him. It's always blurred or he has something covered. This time he had a bandana and, you know, they thought, you know, no, this time, yeah, like, yeah, it was, uh, what, what was yeah, it? Yeah, the mouthpiece, mouthpiece yeah, yeah, to cover yeah, the chipped tooth. Yeah, they were making fun. Yeah, they're making fun. Are, are you doing a shooter gimmick now? Oh, oh shooter CD. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I just thought that was so hilarious because Cody was giving him shit. And I, that's, if if you know I'm a big Cody fan, my favorite thing is Cody giving people shit. My favorite <laughs> yeah, thing in the world. <laughs> he's great at it. He's yes, he is it. great at it. I'm like, he is great at giving people shit. Uh, then we go to Hangman Pay, uh, Hangman Cody and Pharaoh at a show uh, in Atlanta. 
Paige, uh, Paige, Cody, and Ryan are getting beat up. Uh, Joey Ryan. Uh, MJF makes the save. MJF gives... Uh, so, Cody turns around after MJF makes the save. And he's not looking at MJF. MJF just gives gives Paige the middle finger. This is like my favorite thing that's going on the show right now. <laughs> it's just like every time Cody turns around. And it's like... It, it, it sticks with the gimmick that Cody doesn't watch the show. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it sticks oh. with it because, you know, they had the thing where Paige was like, dude, I just watched the show. That's how I know it happened. So it's like it right. sticks with the gimmick <laughs> that Cody doesn't watch the show. So MJF gives Paige the middle finger when Cody's not looking. And when Cody turns around, he just automatically hugs him like, oh, we're best friends. And it's fucking hilarious to me. Oh, God, I love MJF. I love yeah, dude, I, yeah, I, I love MJF also. I think, you know, he's the perfect heel. And I, I'm loving this whole little storyline that they've been doing on BTE with him and Cody. Yeah, like, at Double or Nothing, I just had this image in my head. I know they're going to do something more with him, probably. He should just walk around the crowd on the mic and make fun of people. It would just, <laughs> that would just be everything to me. I know people will probably get sensitive and not like it, but I just think, I mean, he just does his character so well. It's like, it's very few people that fully embodies a character like that. And it's just like, I, I just love his character work. I mean, his ring work, right? Look, like, honestly, old school. So at times it can connect with me, but a lot of times it doesn't. <laughs> so, but his, yeah, put him on a mic. I, I'm, I'm, I'm there. Give take my money now. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Then we get Joey Janela's segment and somehow he's going to be a farmer. Because he's blind, he has burned his eyes <laughs> twice, and he decides he's going to be a farmer. Uh, so he's trying to farm. He feeds pigs, who somehow attack him. Uh, and then he's trying to plow field, plow field in a plow, blind. So he runs into he runs into something, and then somehow he has you know he has flash paper in his pocket and sets himself on fire yet again. <laughs> Yeah, these Janela segments have just been getting more and more ridiculous every week, and it's just hilarious, you know. It, it started off simple, I think, with the, with the basketball thing, and then now, now we got to the point where he's trying to be a farmer, and he's he's blind because he keeps getting fire in his eyes, and it's just so ridiculous. It's like the anti awesome. anti Mister Perfect vignettes. Instead, <laughs> yeah. instead of being great at everything, he's not good at anything else other than yeah. you know beating people to a pulp. Uh, uh, Cody and the Bucks uh, berate Joey about having to come to save him. I love this little thing where they kept saying, "Well, we have to fly out here private, and I'm the executive vice president." And then he says, "I'm the executive vice president." I love that because a common thing online is that there's way too many executive vice presidents. Well, I work for major companies. I'm gonna let you know. With some companies, there's like 50 vice presidents. <laughs> right, they, they yeah. all have their own their own specialty or own department kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah, so like four is really not a lot, uh, but they um, they talk about having to save him, and Joey said he will have to uh, defend himself better. They say, "What happened to that blonde chick that used to always have your back?" Shout out to Candice LeRae. Uh, I thought that yeah, was hilarious. They're like, "Where's your where's your blonde tag team partner? Where is she?" <laughs> Yes, that was awesome, and then they, uh, uh, and then the cameraman, they all leave, and then the cameraman beats up Joey. 
<laughs> which I didn't get why, but it was kind of funny. Yeah, I was like, I wonder who's that MJF because he likes to beat people up, you know, when Cody's not looking. <laughs> uh, a cool thing: SCU is auctioning off their SCU Ram shirts for charity, uh, and, and they talk about Super Bowl perks being a uh, Super Bowl tickets being perk of knowing the Khan family. Uh, Matt's first football game is the Super Bowl. Uh, after the Rams lose, the SCU does. This is the worst Super Bowl I've ever been to gimmick. Uh, then we end. The reason it was a day earlier, because the pre-sale started on Monday. And it with Hangman Page, kind of, you know, who they're going to push as their guy. He introduced the double or nothing seat map. And, uh... And then after they did that, Alpha and Omega were made official for Double or Nothing. Oh, yeah. The seat map was beautiful. It was beautiful. Uh, when I saw the prices, I said, this is going to sell out again in 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it, it, yeah. super affordable. Yeah. We mentioned earlier in the show, yeah, they, they're doing a great job. They did a great job of All In. Now, once again, of Double or Nothing, they're doing a great job of making the tickets super bo- super affordable for all wrestling fans. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, then we get to uh, the, this week, we got Double or Nothing, uh, Episode 3, which is very much the behind the scenes on the building. They're not really in character when they're doing the Double or Nothing episodes. That is the difference between BT and Road to Double or Nothing. So this was Episode 3. It's a much shorter episode. They're usually about five to seven minutes. But every time, it's generally some kind of big reveal. So in this one, we start with the Bucks talk about putting everything on the line about how much they're, you know, how much they're committed to AEW. And then Kenny Omega shows up late and he joins and he's like, yeah, we couldn't have done this without Kenny, which was awesome. Uh, Then they show some clips from the ticket on sale party. Uh, Kenny says there's no way they can fail because of the passionate fans, which, like I said, that's. To me, I've been saying that since we started the show. The reason AEW is going to at least initially succeed is because their fan base is very, very passionate. And I was trying to find, maybe you can help me, find trying to find something to compare it to. Because I wanted to say, like, the Juggalos, but there's such a negative commentation with the Juggalos. Yeah. <laughs> that I, didn't, I didn't want people that listen to the shows to stab me. Cause, but it's, it's, it's just this weird, like, they do a great job of making you feel like you succeed when they succeed. Yeah, they, they, they make, they kind of take you along with the journey. And they make you feel like a crucial part of their success. Yeah, I was like, I've compared them to a boy band. That that's always been my thing is I've compared them to a boy band, like In Sync or Backstreet Boys. You have these group of people that will follow them everywhere. They all have different personalities. Generally, you can be a Bucks fan without liking Cody. You can be a Cody fan without liking Kenny. You know what I mean? You can go around and you can like generally if you don't like any if you don't like the elite, it's generally something else. You don't like how popular they are. You might might feel like, you know, they're taking away from someone else that you like or whatever. But generally, their personalities are so different that you can usually at least find one you identify with. You know yeah, what I exactly. mean? Yeah, and and I think that's what it is. It's just like the elite as a group, 
they're very much like a family, but like a family, all of them are unique <laughs> in a way, and it's kind of it's kind of weird. And Cody says it feels like a revolution, which definitely it does. It definitely feels like a revolution. Uh, Britt Baker Baker makes a call to Brandy. Can't Brandy leaves it on the speakerphone, which I thought was cool. And Britt felt like she was like, it looks like they're about to do Nyla Rose and Kylie Ray are about to do their thing, and she like she feels left out. Brandy says, you know. She, uh, you know, she just wants a moment. She just give her a moment to think. Uh, she says women's wrestling in a, uh, uh, is in a, in a boom right now. It's, uh, it's not at the highest, but it's, it's, you know, it's moving up. And she thinks it's important to highlight the women's division, which, of course, you know. And she's, and Cody brings the promo photos from some of the matches from Double or Nothing. One of the photos, the big reveal, because there's always a big reveal is uh Nyla Rose versus Kylie Ray versus Brick Breaker in a triple threat match. Uh Cody says it's kind of weird that, you know, that Brandy didn't book herself and she's like, "No, the focus needs to be on them now and the women, you know, and them in the women's division." I think which I think is very selfless of her. And so I hopefully I mean, I hope she I mean, if Cody's on the show, she'll probably be on the show, you know. Kinda. Yeah, she'll she'll probably be like Cody's manager in his match. Yeah, so we get another promo picture, and Cody, and then we get a blurred picture, and Brandy says, "Is this for real? You know, you're gonna do this without telling me?" And they leave us there with a cliffhanger, cliffhanger. So I teased on the page, and I think I have it figured out, and. And I might be completely wrong. Uh, and they might not even let me make it clear. They might not have even decided who it is yet. You know what I mean? They might not right. have decided who it is. That's why they blurred it. But hence the first episode, the where the guy calls and Cody's like, "I don't want to talk to him," and blows him off, and he says it's kind of personal. Well, you watch BTE, right, Jeremy? Yes, sir. I watch it every week. Who does Cody hate? It's one person he hates. Mr. Uh, Flip Gordon? Yes! He hates Flip Gordon. That is the reaction he gives anytime anyone mentions Flip Gordon. His whole goal was to keep Flip Gordon out of all in. Then Flip had the nerve to turn down a spot in the elite. The nerve. Because he said his dream was to be... In the Bullet Club, another insult to Cody Rhodes. Very personal insult to Cody Rhodes. Then, who would Brandy get mad about him booking without telling her? Her storyline best friend, Flip Gordon. Those are my strings to let me let me believe that it is Flip Gordon. Am I reaching, sir? Those are some very interesting. Uh, I I did not think about Flip Gordon, but um, what you kind of pulled out does make sense. The only thing that would that would stop me from thinking it's Flip. Well, a couple things. First of all, um, as far as I'm aware, Flip Gordon is under Ring of Honor contract, so I'm not sure how that would work out with him competing on Double or Nothing, being under Ring of Honor contract. Um, and then secondly, I just feel like the way that they've been hyping this up on these Road to Double or Nothing episodes, I feel like it's going to be something a little bit bigger than Flip Gordon. And no offense to Flip Gordon. I love Flip Gordon. He's one of my favorite guys in Ring of Honor. 
but I feel like it's going to be somebody a little bit uh, more name value than Flip. Absolutely. You know what? I and you know what? I can say I thought that the reason I thought Flip would be such a big deal is because when they if they announce Flip, they could announce somewhat of a working relationship with ROH, which would be the bigger deal. That would right, make this yeah. uh, that would make this a huge impactful deal. And of course, this also I had listened to Kenny Omega's conversation and he said we are literally willing to work with anybody, even the WWE. At no point did anybody rule out rule, uh, working with ROH. And right. it would do nothing but help ROH to have one of their wrestlers on one of the biggest shows in you know, one of the biggest shows in May were a time where they're not like doing a lot of huge shows. Yeah, I mean that yeah, that would be great for them getting that exposure and announcing a working relationship. Um and I yeah, that'd be a very interesting twist. I don't feel like they're doing a lot with him in ROH either. And like well, he's he's not even is he hurt or something? Yeah, yes, he um had a minor tear in his either his MCL or ACL. Um, during their Texas tour a couple of weeks ago, or actually I think it's probably like a month or two ago now, but um, he's going to be cleared to wrestle at MSG. Okay. Because um, I was looking uh, at the New Japan ROH shows and I didn't see him on there. I looked at like their scheduling results. I didn't see him on there. I even went scrolled back on this page and I didn't see him say anything about the injury. But I guess I didn't scroll farther enough back. So that's. More that yeah it, yeah it's been a while since he got I, I believe it's it has to be at least more at least at least two months by now I think because I know it was a while ago yeah. um it was during their Texas tour that yeah he um tore either his MCL or ACL yeah well that being said I'm still sticking with it you know you know got to live out on the limb maybe they do a bigger name of course I would want them to do a bigger name but I love Flip Gordon I think he's uh he, he is uh very much has that baby face feel to him he has that you know he has that thing he has that daniel bryan thing where you want to root for him to succeed even when he was wrestling cody and they had their match and cody cheated the win or whatever i kind of felt bad for flip gordon and you know i always want cody to win i don't really care how he does it i want him to win (laughs) and i actually felt bad for flip gordon so if you generally make me feel feel bad for you in a match where you're wrestling cody you've done a pretty good job but uh I've gotten a lot of opinions. A lot of people think whoever they haven't announced who it's going to be. The person that it's going to yeah. be, they haven't announced. Uh, I that would be Pers- that, that would be interesting. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah. So there there are two people who I think that could potentially be uh, the first person. I, I feel like it could be uh, Goldust, Cody's older brother. Because, you know, in the Double or Nothing episode, they say, you know, it, it's, this call is personal. Doesn't get more personal than family, right? So, uh, could be, you know, his brother Dustin calling him, hey, let's have this big match. And then, you know, we see Brandy's reaction. She's like, are you serious? Because obviously, you know, as far as we all know, Goldust is still under WWE contract as a an agent. Um, and, you know, everybody thinks he's in WWE. And so, it would be a big surprise if he's working double or nothing and he's somehow is leaving WWE and this is going to be his big first kind of outside appearance of WWE. Um, so I think there's definitely potential and they never did, they never did the real big brother versus brother match. They had that, that random match at Fastlane that one year, Goldust versus Stardust, but 
it wasn't the big deal that it should have been. Um, so I definitely think it could we could be seeing the Rhodes brothers clash. Um, the other uh, person I think it could be, I think it could be Bill Goldberg. We saw him being the elite, the Goldberg tease. Um, you know, personal, you know, Goldberg was in WCW, and I'm sure he had some kind of relationship with Cody's dad, Dusty Rhodes. Um, and I'm sure Cody being a WCW mark growing up, he would love the opportunity to wrestle um, their biggest star, Goldberg, at Double or Nothing. The, oh, and you know what? And I was, I, those are two guesses I had heard, I, you know, online. Uh, not Goldberg, more of the Goldust. So not two guesses, one guess. Uh, I honestly just wanted to be different. I was like, you know what? Let me try to think someone else that it could be. Because I, you know, like I said, Goldust was just kind of one. And I kind of, I want, I don't really want it to be Goldust. <laughs> you know, because, <laughs> yeah. you know, as much as, oh, believe me, I love Dustin Rhodes. I love Dustin Runnels. I mean, he's old. You know, he's like, he kind of goes against exactly what you said you were going to do. Right. You know, but again, it's a big event. I wouldn't, you know, I would not, you know, thumb my nose at it. I, I would like it to be a situation, and I think this would be cool. It already sold out. You don't have to tell us who it is. Don't tell us who it is until the event. Mm. That would be so awesome. I th- I just think that would be so awesome. The music hits, and you know, and they were the big reveal at the event who it is. But you know, they're gonna tell us. You know, they're gonna because you know you only can tease us so long. I think they're gonna tell us. But my guess is Flip Gordon. We'll see if I'm right. I'm going. I, I'm living out on that limb, and sometimes that limb breaks. You know. so no but uh basically uh let me see i don't think i've missed anything i think i've covered anything i think everyone should go watch chris jericho's promo uh on his page his AEW. he basically says he sold out the event we've talked about that before but i don't just listen to what i'm saying it's it's a classic wrestling promo you watched it right yes i did yeah jericho Full alpha heel mode, um, taking full credit for selling out the event. Everybody's coming to see him, and so yeah, it's definitely worth worth yeah. your time to go watch that promo. It is a master's class in getting heat, in getting heat kind of the right way. It wasn't cheap heat. It was yeah, I'm better than you heat. <laughs> and, and he he still also in getting heat. He still put some people over in yes. a way because he's he's mentioning these names and he's still. That's what a great promo does and a great heel. Like, yes, you want to say you're better at your, than your opponent and somewhat, but you also kind of want to raise your opponent up. Otherwise, like, why are you even facing them? So yeah, he uh, he, 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 he he what? Go ahead. Uh, I was just saying he gave you that I want to punch you in the face heat, which is what you want from a heel. Yeah, you want to see them get punched. That's 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 the sell of heels. Um, but the last two things I want to oh. talk about is we got a couple of me- messages from Kenny Omega and Brandy. What were you going to say, sir, before we go to that? Uh, so real, yeah, real quick before we get to those, since we're talking about Jericho real quick, um, the Jericho cruise um, has been announced for January of 2020. And instead of partnering with Ring of Honor this year, no surprise, he will be partnering with All Elite Wrestling. For yes, the yes. Uh, that was a note that came out. 
uh, yesterday, and I guess I didn't update that. Uh, yeah, uh, my plan was to go. I am getting married in July, and through the loving, the, the love of my fiance, she's like, we're going to do the little Destin thing in July, and then we're going to do the Jericho cruise. Well, it was a lot later than I thought, so it's going to be right in the middle of her school semester. So I don't think I'll be making the Jericho cruise. You're going to try to go this time? I was planning on going, but it's in January, and I'm also planning on going to Wrestle Kingdom, and that's <sighs> that that's going to cost close. some money. <laughs> yes, that would be yeah. too close. I don't. I, with time off and just uh, money, I don't know if I could pull off Jericho Cruise and uh, going to both days of Wrestle Kingdom. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, and you see what the, you know. I I don't know if they meant to do this, but you know they still left that January fourth period open. In case Jericho and Kenny can work something out with uh, New Japan. Which, uh, shout out uh, to the young boy Josh who gave me credit for saying that Kenny Omega would 100% have that clause in that contract that he could work with New Japan. And I was right. There was no way that the clause wasn't going to be in there. Yeah, him him and Jericho have that clause and, um, you know, if you look at the uh, the New Japan roster on their website, njpw1972.com, all of AEW wrestlers are off their profiles except Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho. Absolutely, because they can still work with New Japan. And I, like I said, I just think, you know, it's a slow burn. To me, you know, New Japan is known for the slow burn, and I think sometimes we're going to get that from AEW. Announcing, like, they could announce the initial the partnership of New Japan, you know, and that would have been great. But now they've sold out without without New Japan partnership. Let's say they run four or five shows without New Japan partnership. And, like, that first TV, that first TV, uh, that first live TV, they announce a deal with New Japan. That's how you pop a number. M- yeah. make, make people think there is no way that it could happen. <laughs> no way you know because they've counted it out because of the triple uh, a deal and you know they keep counting them out and it's just like you're gonna keep doubting the elite keep doubting them please because then they can keep changing your mind because they said they're not out to change the world anymore they're out to change the universe and the only way to change the universe is to think differently you know exactly so Anybody can show up anywhere. That is great wrestling. That is when wrestling is great. All right. So we got two quotes. Uh, basically, I saw when Cody was talking about tickets, people asked, "Is um, uh, people asked the question, was All Elite going to put out a statement saying, you know, that people are going to be safe at their shows? Mostly comes from a lot of people kind of, a lot of friends, people that I don't even consider fans attacking Nyla Rose, you know, kind of going after her. And they was like, are people going to be safe? And Cody says, you know, he didn't even think about putting out a statement because he didn't want to put that energy out there. He didn't want to give those people a voice. So uh, he's like, you know, All Elite's going to put uh, put a message out. Uh, before I talk about the really kind of the official one, from Kenny Omega, uh, he says, and this was in response to people talking to Cody, our absolute top priority is to create the best environment possible for all performers, fans. Though inappropriate comments on social media can't be filtered, we will work diligently, 
to create ways to make the message clear that they will not be tolerated. Fun plus safety equals win for all. And then Brandy, and this is the one we're going to kind of end on because I think it's super important. As we look ahead to Vegas, let's take this opportunity to make it clear that AEW is totally inclusive. We fully support and celebrate all of our athletes and all of our fans, regardless of their sexual orientation, race, gender, religion, or ethnicity, period. A safe, inclusive, respectful, and very cool environment will be central to everything we do at AEW. Be who you are and come as you are, because we're all going to come together as a community to change the world. And I just wanted to make it clear that I, that's how I see it. I literally love professional wrestling. That is my passion. That is what I wake up for. I'm like, you know, that is what uh, gives me peace in life. And I don't, when I'm dealing with wrestling, I don't like the outside world to be involved. I like to be in my wrestling bubble. So I don't care who's to the left of me or to the right of me watching it. As long as we're all enjoying the show and having the fun. And I don't kind of care, you know, exactly what's the sexual orientation, gender, or whatever of the people I'm watching perform. Because as long as they're putting on a good show, that all that matters to me. So I just wanted that to be very clear. It's like that, you know, wrestling is beautiful. It is my favorite art. It is my, you know, kind of my favorite sport, too. So, it's just, I don't want, I really, I'm not trying to be on Soapbox. It's just, I don't want that outside shit in there. I mean, I don't know how you feel about it, Jeremy. No, I'm I'm on the same boat with you, man. I've been watching wrestling since I was like two or three years old and have never stopped. I'm very passionate about professional wrestling. And at the end of the day, I I just want to see great professional wrestling. I don't care you know who's in there, what color skin they are, their gender, religion, any of that stuff. If you are a great professional wrestler and can put on a great professional wrestling match, I want to see it. Um, yeah, when they when they step in the ring, they're they're just wrestlers. And um, I I was the amateur wrestler in high school, and we had to wrestle girls if they were in our weight class. And my coach would always tell me. When they step on the mat, they are no longer a girl. They are a wrestler, and you will wrestle them like any other wrestler. And that's how I see it with professional wrestling. Once these guys, once these guys and girls step into the ring, they are wrestlers, and they will wrestle each other regardless of their race, skin color, gender, religion, any of that stuff. And that's the that's the best way to be respectful is just to treat people as people. I mean, all these other constructs that we have made up. To separate us, people are just people. Just be good to people. That's all. <laughs> uh, but uh, next week, we have our first interview on the show. We'll be talking to the biggest Cody fan I know. And you will, if you ever see Cody's comments, you'll see her. She is, her name is Tiffany. She is at All Elite Tiffany. She will talk about her experience with Cody and her following of the Elite. I know she's going to be first row at double or nothing and has a platinum bracelet so she is definitely all she she is definitely all in double or nothing or she's uh she's all about the elite so it'd be cool uh that was something i promised at the beginning that the fans are what brought the elite to where they are so i a lot of my interviews will not try to be insider interviews it will be more talking about the fan experience and why people are passionate about the elite so i hope you definitely enjoy that interview 
Thank you for being on the show with me this week, Jeremy. Oh, no problem. Like I said, man, I was I'm always chomping at the bit to talk about wrestling and I'm chomping at the bit to talk about all elite wrestling. I'm a, I'm an elite mark. I love those guys. You know, I already have my first AEW t-shirt and I'm I'm ready for this thing to blow up. All right. Well, I will leave you with this. No matter what you do, no matter where you work, no matter who you are, always try to be elite.